The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, and I have with me the coolest co-host ever in the whole wide world, Sam M. Brewski, and this is Hootball Grizz. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We got to get you a better introduction, man. Man, no kidding. It's weak. It's trash. Weak. You got you got to work on that. Boo-boo, <laughs> hoo-poo. All right, guys, we told you in the last episode we're coming back with some more draft coverage, and I shifted gears a little bit on Sam. I have a guest. He's going to be lined up. You will hear him a little bit later on in the show, Mr. Derek Murray from Babcock Hoops, and he is the director of scouting. Fantastic guy. I was super, super happy that he was able to carve some time out of his day, and you know, I asked him for 15 or 20 minutes, and we actually ended up being... We were on the call for about 45 minutes. I think I've got around 30 minutes that we recorded. Um, beat that. So I was really happy and excited. And I always, you know, we, we like to bring different guys on the show, guys and gals, that bring different perspectives. And, you know, Derek, he, he does it. He's a scout, man. That's like, it's what he does. So he is going to have a different view on these guys than what we do. And he's going to be able to bring uh, pro exp- um perspective and kind of look at them in different ways something that you may or may not always be able to find it may not be readily available for you to look up so shout out to him Derek thanks again for coming on and what we're gonna do is Sam and I um, on the call with Derek I was not able to really like generally whenever we're talking about these prospects we, we bring you stats and different stuff like that and I, I wanted to focus more on the meat and potatoes part of it. Like what a guy that is making a big board, like what are they looking at and the things. So I wanted his, like the stuff with Derek, I wanted to be more meat and potatoes. So we're going to cover, cover these guys lightly and then we'll get you into the Skype call with Derek. So the first guy we're going to talk about is Jemias Ramsey. He is a six four guard from Texas Tech. And and you'll hear it. I actually I found somewhere where it said he had a six ten wingspan. It turns out the six ten wingspan is not correct. Six six is his wingspan, and so that there's not all the information that you find. Not every time that you find numbers online, they're not always accurate. And you know that when you're looking stuff up. So I appreciate Derek. He put me on to a couple of uh, resources that are going to help me out to help us here at hoop ball grizz be a little more accurate whenever we're giving you numbers so jamias ramsey six four guard texas tech six six wingspan his strengths uh derek pointed out shooting was uh said he can just flat out shoot the ball but you know he's got the ability to be a three level scorer you know he, he can get to the rim he's got good enough handles he can create his own shot his mid-range game is good he shot well from three. He can shoot it off the dribble. He can be a catch and shoot guy. He's got all of the all the builds to be a great shooter at the next level. And on the offensive end, something that I've been watching for is the ability when he's coming off of a screen or a dribble handoff for a guy to just plant that foot and drive straight up square rather than fading with the momentum. And he excels at that. So Sam 
Let's give him some stats. Jamias Ramsey, what were his stats looking like? Man? All right. Oh, hold on. Do you got uh, career stats? or? I have his uh, year at Texas Tech. That's Yeah, he only went one year. Yep. It, it's all running together, man. There, we've is. talked about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So what do you got, man? What do you do at Texas all Tech? All right. He played in 27 games and started all 27 of those. Played right at 31 minutes. Field goal percentage was 44%. Three-point percentage, we're going to round it up to 43%. That's pretty good. Uh, free throw percentage was 64%. That's poo-poo. Rebounds right at four. Assists, 2.2. Steals, 1.3. Blocks, 0.7. And points per game was 15 points exactly. 15 exactly. Yes. And here's the big thing. Jemias' age, he, he is 19. He will be 19 at the time of the draft. So he fits in really well with, you know, Jaron just turned 20. This core is young. Brandon Clark is the elder of the core, but he is definitely not old by any stretch. So Jemias being 19, there are some, I guess you would call them raw aspects of his game, some stuff that needs to be, some stuff can be repped out, some things, it just comes with experience. And so he... He is young, and that that is a uh, you know that's something you can't change. If, if a guy is twenty five years old, he's twenty five years old. You can't fix that. Nope. And so him being young and still being young enough that you can mold him into kind of what you're looking for, what you can do. And I'm, I can tell you this from watching video of this kid: he's super athletic, explosive. You know, definitely a, a lob threat. He can get above the rim with ease. You'll hear more about him. We'll jump into the next guy here. The next guy, let's go with Tyshawn Alexander, Sam. Okay. All right. Well, he had three years at Creighton. Oh, I'm going to – let me – Tyshawn Alexander, 6'4 guard. He's a combo guard from Creighton. I've got him at a 6'8 wingspan. I've got to double-check that. That may be a little long, but definitely a, a pesky guy on the defensive end. Go ahead with his numbers. Okay. Well, there's three years here, so what are we wanting to do? You want to do his most recent? That's fine. One thing, there, I, I know some, like obviously I've looked at the stats a little bit about these guys before uh, Before I went on with Derek to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, get to know them the best that I could before I talked with him. Sure. So go ahead. Just, you can do career stats for him, but there was one for me that jumped out. Okay. And, and I'll go over that after you finish. Well, career stats, he played in 98 games, uh, started 66. Minutes per game was right at 28. Legs are 28.2. Field goal percentage was 42%. Three-point percentage is 37. Free throws is 81. That's great. Rebounds 3.7. Assists 2.3. Steals is 1. Uh, 0.2 in blocks. And points per game is 12.7. All right. So the thing that I want you to look at, this is what I want to talk about here. Start from his first year at Creighton. Mm-hmm. And give me the numbers for free throw percentage his first year and as he progressed through the years at Creighton. Okay, his first year, 17-18, his free throw percentage was 70%, basically 71%. Next year was, well, rounded up, it was 80%. And then the next year was 86%. Improved every year. Greatly improved. And this was a guy, one of the big things and I don't want to spoil too much from the the time with Derek, but, you know, you all have heard me talk about work ethic. A guy can have all the talent in the world, 
and not be willing to work and not be successful. You know, you can, there are plenty of, there are NBA guys that they're, you know, you could list off a number of them. There are number one draft picks in the NFL. You know, it doesn't matter. NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, wherever it is, you can have all the talent, but if you don't have the work ethic, it's going to show. And so he's, you know, Derek was talking about uh, Tyshawn's work ethic and how he was probably his favorite interview of the draft. So th- there's a lot of stuff about Tyshawn Alexander that I like. Um, the size, you know, 6'4", playing a two-guard, little undersized. Is he going to be able to match up against the bigger guards? I think that Tyshawn will not struggle in that category. Out of the three guys that we're talking about today, I think that starting off that he is probably the best defender out of the three. Um, good on defense. He He's a great spot-up shooter. He's okay off of the move, like coming off of the screen or a dribble handoff. He definitely shows the potential to improve in that area. It just, man, guys, there's going to be holes in the game. That's just a fact of the matter. At 40, these guys are falling to 40 for a reason. There's going to be stuff that there's going to be question marks. And so what you're looking at is finding the best available talent there somebody that you can focus on a couple things and improve that and mold them into uh, a good role player. Sometimes you get lucky and you hit on a guy like Jokic or Gasol or, you know, the list goes on and on and on of second-round draft picks that that end up being stars. But right now, you know, even, you know, at these guys at their age, you're looking for a guy that's got a pretty solid base and has stuff that you can build on. So moving on from Tyshawn, we're going to go Jalen Harris, 6'5", shooting guard from Nevada. He is another three-level scoring threat, 57% at the rim this year. He can finish with either hand. He gets to the free throw line pretty consistently. And the ability to finish with either hand is really good. It allows him to absorb the contact and still get the ball in the basket for the and ones. Uh, He shot... 41% 41% from three on nearly seven attempts a game. He, the, man, Jalen, I think, would be a great fit right off the bat for the Grizzlies. Go ahead. What do you got on stats for Jalen? You can just go this year. It's fine. do this year because, yeah, he played for Louisiana Tech for two years and then transferred to Nevada. Yeah, that's why he started collegiate career with Louisiana Tech, and mm-hmm. then he did – he set out his junior season, and he played this year with – well, last year technically yep. with Nevada. Well, he uh, played 30 games, started 30 games, averaged right at 33 minutes. Um, his field goal percentage was four, basically 45%. Uh, Three-point three percentage is uh, 36%. Free throw percentage is uh, 82%. Rebounds, 6.5. Assists is 3.9. Steals is 1.1. Blocks is 0.1. That's okay. And actually, they have turnovers on here, which is 2.4, and then points was 21.7. Yeah, 2.4 turnovers is really good considering the amount of time that he spent yeah, with, with the, the ball, ball in his hand. Um, I would have to say out of these three guys, I like Jemias Ramsey. He is younger than both of these other guys, and I like him. I like his athleticism. There's a lot. The, the free throw percentage is a big concern with me. You guys know how I feel about free throws. I think that that translates to your shot. 
Derek didn't seem to think that he he said the thing that jumps out for him about Ramsey was his shooting. And so I'm 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 not gonna dig too far into that. You guys will hear that later on in the show. But uh I really like what Jalen is gonna bring to the table day one. He he's a guy that can come off of your bench and get buckets. Buckets. Get buckets. Buckets. So that's all we're going to have for me and Sam today. It's, it's short and sweet from us. Like I said, I've got about 20, 25, 30 minutes or so that Derek and I were on. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Great, great insight from Derek. And, and it's it's good to have guys like Derek on the show, especially whenever it comes to this, because Sam and I are not even close to professionals whenever it comes to breaking We're down draft prospects. Pro. What are you talking about? This is really our, like, this is, <laughs> and, and I mentioned this to Derek, this is our first year really digging into, like, we would, Sam and I would kind of have an idea of who first round picks would be, you know, we'd look into them, kind of read a little bit about them, but outside of that, like, the yeah. depth of the draft, it was, it was beyond us. I we never, we had, never, yeah. I would look first round and that's about it. Yeah, and, and then not it's like, like the top ten and that's it. So, you know, this year we've had to really dig in, and, and it's a lot. There, There's a lot out there, a lot of information. And like I said, with the, the Wingspan thing, there's a lot of information that may or may not be correct. So you've got to be careful where you're, where you're getting your information from. It's the Internet. And we are uh, we're going to try as hard as we can to be as accurate as possible. And we definitely don't want to bring you guys any kind of garbage. So we'll keep digging and learning and growing. And like I said, Derek was – Great enough to uh, to give me some resources that I was not aware of prior to talking to him. And so I'm definitely going to u- utilize those moving forward. We're going to talk to you about our sponsor here at HootBall, MyBookie.ag, before we get out of here. You know the spiel, guys. We've talked to you about it. If you listen to any of these shows, you know that we've talked to you about this. If you haven't, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. But right now, mybookie.ag is running a special. You use our promo code, HOOPBALL, and they will match your initial deposit 100%. Go over and check them out. They have more lines and better odds than any other sportsbook online. You will not be disappointed. If you need help with betting, or maybe you don't need help, but you just want to listen to another podcast, go check out our guys at HOOPBALL Gaming, Devin and Ira. They've all been killing it over there those guys have been on a heck of a streak and it's all free guys check it out mybookie.ag is the website hootball is the promo code 100 percent initial deposit match get over there today get the hootball gaming podcast in your ears win some money that's get it, it. Oh, I was waiting for oh. your signature line there, Sam. Oh, be like Nike and just do it. I was going to do it. I was going to say, get it. Be like Nike and just do it. He's a slacker. He was not going to do it. I was, it. too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You can find the show on Twitter at HoopballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. Sam is. It is Sammy B 1118 That's a capital S, lowercase A-M-M-Y, capital B, 1118. All right. And here comes Derek. Enjoy. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I've got a special guest today, Mr. Derek Murray. He is the director of scouting for BabcockHoops.com. Uh, Derek, I appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your day to uh, enlighten us on some prospects that may be available for the Grizzlies 
And as you guys know, I like to have people on, give you some different perspectives and maybe look at some guys that we haven't covered. And Derek is doing that today. So Derek, how's it going, man? Hey, David, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, always, always happy to talk draft and, you know, finally coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, finally have a date set in stone. We've got guys, some are shutting down their workouts, some are ramping them up for the teams with their 10 visits and whatnot. So it's an exciting time. And yeah, you know, looking forward to talking about three guys specifically who may be there at 40, um, depending on how some things fall in the back end of the first and early second round. So um, Grizzlies have a great young core and they'll get to add at least one good piece here. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of talks uh, just kind of, are they going to move up? Do they need to make a move? And to me, where they're sitting at right now, they have assets. They loaded up on assets with the Gasol trade and the Conley trade. And so they've only got one pick at 40 this year. And I'm on the side that I'm completely okay if they don't make any moves. You know, obviously, if there's a guy that is falling that they're just absolutely in love with and they don't have to go up a whole lot, I'm fine with them making that move, but I think that they can just kind of stand pat, wait at 40 and see who's there and take best available and be in pretty good shape. Right. Cause when you, when you look at the Grizzlies draft capital, the next couple of years, you know, obviously they just have the one second this year, but they have their seconds for the next few. Um, it looks like in, you know, 21, you pick up two seconds and 22 and 23, you pick up some more seconds. Like there are ways to move up if there's somebody at 40 or, you know, maybe in the low 30s that, you know, the Grizzlies just really want their hands on. I don't see that happening. Um, There are very few guys that, you know, maybe in that range that fit the Grizzlies timeline that I would definitely say, hey, you know, do what you have to do and go get him. Um, But it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, But but again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suspect that happening. All right, so let's jump right in. Um, g- give me your number one guy. If he is available at 40, who do you think the Grizzlies should take? So right now on BabcockHoops.com, we have Jamias Ramsey, a freshman from Texas Tech, as the mocked selection there. And, you know, Ramsey's a guy we've seen him mocked anywhere from late first to mid-second. Um, I won't say he's polarizing, but the strengths and weaknesses are pretty glaring both directions. You know, his positives are are really, really strong and his improvement areas are worth some legitimate concern. So because he's young, you know, he's still 19 years old, there's room to grow and develop. He's got a really wide draft range, but he, Tyshawn Alexander and Jalen Harris are three guys that, you know, for the sake of this exercise and conversation, I think would be worth looking at and and worth taking if available at 40. Okay, so um, let's let's start off. Let's break down Ramsey. And you were talking about strengths and weaknesses and how the strengths are really good. And you watch film on this kid and you see his athleticism and his ability to finish with his length. 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan. That's going to, that should translate to decent on the defensive end if he's putting in the effort. But one thing that we talk about on this podcast a ton is free throws. And that was one of the things with me as a guard, he's shooting 64% from the line. And then I look at what he's shooting from behind the arc. And is that like the, the sample size that we got in the one year at Texas tech, is that enough? Are you confident enough in his shot to say, even though he's 64% at the line, I think that his shot is good enough. It's pure enough that it's going to translate to the next level. And the 64% from the free throw stripe is going to improve. 
So, you know, the 64% from the line is, it's certainly concerning. And I'm not a shot doctor. I'm not a shot expert. And quite frankly, anybody in the media who claims to, you know, be a wizard at predicting or putting stamps on predicting shooting percentages probably shouldn't be trusted. Um, <laughs> you know, that being said, like, yes, it, it is worrisome for the free throw percentage itself. But honestly, he hit 60 of his 141 attempts from three, uh, 42%, good volume. His mechanics are beautiful, crisp, clean release every time, good elevation, uh, beautiful delivery. So my worry is more the touch in the lane, the finishing at the rim and the free throw line, and not necessarily the deep shot. And that's not something necessarily consistent that we hear when trying to, quote, predict shooting percentages for the next level. But, you know, for all of his weaknesses at the line and, you know, sometimes touch in the lane, the kid can shoot. And I think that's going to be there. Okay. So what would you say? I you know, I started off with it with a negative there. What would you say for him? If you had one thing that you had to highlight, what, what's the, the biggest thing that jumps off the page for you with, uh, with, uh, Jemias? His shooting. I mean, he's good at reading screens uh, and feeling the floor to get open. And he showed real promise in isolation and creating for himself off the dribble. You know, he's got a really strong, uh, powerful first step, can stop on a dime and elevate over you. It's shooting anywhere uh, on the perimeter, quite frankly, the mid-range as well. You know, it's it's again, it's in the lane where the issues kind of arise for me. So it's he'll be able to get buckets. He'll be able to shoot from the perimeter. Um the concerns are, you know, the awareness and inconsistency on both ends. On defense, he loses his man, needs to work on, you know, keeping his head on a swivel, just being aware of what's going on at all times. And quite frankly, if you struggle in a Chris Beard coached defense, it it's a red flag for me moving forward. So that's one of the reasons that he's honestly on offense likely a end of the first round talent but there's a chance that he slips because there are enough question marks for, you know, feel the game and um, the mental aspect of the game. But I mean, the kid can shoot and, you know, he's got a good looking frame. He's not the longest, um, you know, he's six, four. So not being a point guard, he's kind of an undersized shooting guard, but even undersized guards, man, if they can put it in the bucket, if they can shoot their threes, like there's going to be a place for him. Yeah, but I, you know, the six four for me, it it's not super concerning because he does have the the reach. You know, the six ten wingspan, even though he may be shorter than guys with that six ten wingspan, he's going to be able to kind of make up for that quote unquote undersize a little bit. I would think with that. Um, one of the things that whenever I was watching video on him, I, I've been watching quite a bit, and this is really this is my first year digging into the draft. As a content creator, you you really have to look at a lot more than what you would if you were not creating. So, right. I, you know, before I would look at the guys that were going in the first round and didn't really dig any deeper than that. But out of all of the video that I've watched this year, one thing that I've seen fairly consistency is when guys are coming like a dribble handoff or coming off of a screen being able to like plant that foot and go up square and not fade with their momentum. And the the video that I watched with Ramsey, he was doing that when he's coming off a dribble handoff or a screen, he's, you know, he's hitting that spot going straight up and there's not a lot of, you know, extra unnecessary movement. And that's, that's something I want to say, maybe it was Cassius Stanley that I saw, I was watching video on him and he, he was one that would kind of fade with his momentum. I saw that quite frequently. So that, that's something 
you know, you, you look at the little things and I think that's a, that's a big plus for him. Right. So, and, I, and, and I agree with you. That is, that is absolutely a strength. So I looked up the wingspan in a couple different databases mm-hmm. and this is one of the reasons that, you know, Matt and I argue so strongly, you have to get in front of guys in your pre-draft process. You can't take just video or somebody's words on a, or a reported measurement. So yeah. sometimes you, some places you look, it says six foot 10 mm-hmm. NBA.com and draft express. So DX blues, huge database has it at six, 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 six. Okay. Yeah. So again, <laughs> we, in all likelihood, we don't know what his wingspan is, you know, hopefully for the pre-draft combine, some of these workouts that they're sending in, somebody will get an official me- measurement and leak it to us. I think that would be, that would be good. And teams are going to require it. But again, a six, six, six to a six ten wingspan, that difference could make all the difference in, you know, where he gets drafted, you know, it shouldn't matter that much, but I mean, a couple spots, if somebody believes the, the length is there. So sorry to cut you off about the point going, you know, about the elevation and the momentum, but I had to look that up because 610 sounded a little long to me. And, and now yeah, I've got no, no, questions than I had coming in. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's fine, man. I've, I looked it up and that's a lot of times you know, you're looking, you're trying to find that and you can't always find what you're looking for on these guys. So you know, the, um, I, I try to be as accurate as possible. So I'm glad you found that. What was a, I'm actually going to save. What was the name of that site that you said was a huge database? It's DX blue DX and then B L U E. It's the draft express big database. Um, okay. holds, yeah, holds information on guys all over the world. And a lot of their measurements come from, you know, uh, high school camps, uh, pre-draft combine measurements, Nike basketball academies, U- USA basketball. They're, they're generally correct. So that's, that's where I usually refer to if I need a measurement on somebody. Okay. Right on. And I, I appreciate that. That gives me another resource to, to utilize that I was not aware of before. So <clears throat> well, um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about defense because I think that the Grizzlies, some of their needs, some people will say, Oh, you, you need uh, a big, but a wing that like a three and D wing would kind of be, what they're looking at. That would be, for me, it would be idea. A guy that can, you know, shoot spot up or off the screen and can guard the the best guy on the other team when he's out on the floor. Do you think, like, we we're talking about his footwork on the offensive end and how well he does, you know, like getting his spot, elevating, staying square. On the videos that I've watched defensively, it seems like for as good as he is, offense on the offensive end with his footwork it's it's just as bad on the defensive end am i right in saying that or no so there are definitely concerns you know his his physicality is strength it's there you know when he's fighting over screens when he's in a one-on-one scenario like he moves fairly well it's just the consistency um you know he just he tends to fall asleep quite a bit and that's one of those things where if you fall asleep playing under chris beard I have some concerns. That being said, if you have the physical tools, you know, in the right scenario and the, you know, in the right setting with the right leadership, maybe that changes early on in his career and he becomes a terrific defender. You know, he does a decent job on rotations, uh, both interior and perimeter. You know, he can test fairly well and he's a decent rim protector for his size. So the instincts are there. It's just putting it together all the time. So by no means am I going to call him a bad or even negative defender. It's just putting it together with regularity that's going to be key for him. Do you think role plays any part in that? You know, a guy that in college may be 
relied on to be the scoring option as he transitions into the NBA. He may not necessarily be a, a first, second, or even third option. Maybe if he shifts focus a little more toward defense, like how much does his role affect that? Yeah, you know, if the Grizzlies get him at 40, he's not going to be a first, second, or likely third option. I mean, with with Jaw, JJJ, and Clark, I mean, those are your leaders. Those are your scorers. And whoever you take at this pick is going to have to be a good role player in what they're asked to do in a smaller capacity in all likelihood than what they were asked to do in college. And if you narrow down his responsibility to being the shooter that he was and not necessarily having to be relied on as an ultimate creator, that is where, even for the concerns with Ramsey, in a smaller role, you highlight his strengths, and that's where the pick could honestly be fantastic. All right, so we, we've covered him pretty well. Do you have anything else you want to add, or do you want to go ahead and move on to one of the other guys? Uh, we'll move on. I, I just For Ramsey, again, we have him mocked at 40. I think, you know, in my gut, it would shock me if he's there. They're going to have to be some teams in the early 30s, probably take some guys who they're swinging for the fence on um, for him to fall. So in all likelihood, you know, we, th- we think he'll be there. Um, at least based off stuff that we've heard and kind of what we're sharing with teams. But there are plenty of scenarios where he he's actually gone at this time. So the next guy I want to bring up is Tyshawn Alexander, a combo guard from Creighton. And I think he could be a fantastic addition if he's there. You know, a big thing for me uh, whenever I looked him up and started watching him was his ability to be the, the on-ball defender, size and length, you know, just – he was pesky, I guess is really the best word, breaking up passes, you know, not knocking the ball loose. Really enjoyed what I saw. I've, you know, for obviously I'm not in the front office of the Grizzlies, but what I see watching them and what I think that they need, I think that he would be a pretty solid fit. So so let's go with him. You know, you talked about shooting with Ramsey. With Alexander, what's the the one big thing with him that jumps off? For him, it's his two-way versatility. And Alexander is actually one of my favorite guys in this class because, you know, he's terrific on both sides of the ball. He shot 39.9% from three this year. I I really wish he would have made one more so that we could call him a 40% three-point shooter. The the 39.9 just bugs me. Uh, but, he, you know, he's a really good shooter from deep. And he's used to defending the best player on the opposing team. Like you said, he's athletic, versatile, and he's a great kid. You know, he's one of my favorite interviews that I've done this year. Um, Interesting note for his development is that if he can play the point guard, then his role is going to be vastly increased at the next level. He excels both on and off the ball. So to see substantial minutes in the NBA, he's going to need to provide lineup versatility and play both guard spots. And I think he will be able to do that. Okay, no no concerns like with vision or IQ, like reading the floor. You think that he he let's see, best way. How would you how comfortable would you be with him being your backup point guard, running your offense? Are you okay with him doing that? So he wasn't tasked to do that a lot last season at Creighton. So him playing backup point guard for you is going to be something that develops and not something that he comes in and does at you know at day one. What I like about that possibility is that I trust his work ethic and I trust his willingness to learn what he and do what he needs to do. You know, there are some guys out there that if you ask them to play a different position, they want to, but in all likelihood, I think mentally they're kind of blocked or locked into what they've always done. 
And I think Alexander can be versatile in his development at the next level. So, if, you know, he's been working on that a lot during this pre-draft process. Matt was able to see him out in Phoenix uh, with him and his agent, Nate Conley. And they were doing a lot of work with handling running point guard, uh, running point in five on fives and in all those drills. Like it's a point of emphasis in what he's been working on. So I think at least at some level, he'll be able to do that. I like that you said work ethic. That's always a big thing for me. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not going to put the work in, it's it's just not going to translate. There's been plenty of uh, plenty of cases where that has been the case. Guy has all the talent, but doesn't you know doesn't want to put the work in, so he doesn't uh, doesn't become successful. Um, I think one of the um, ball handling was kind of a, a weakness. And you said that that's been a point of emphasis. So like with what you guys have seen in the workout, do you think that that's been, has there been a big jump for him from what we saw on the court last season to where he's at right now, focusing on that in his workouts, you you feel like that he's, he's tightened that up and he's in, in pretty good shape there. Yes, I do. Again, he's, he's not going to line up and I don't want to label him as a pure point guard going into this draft, but we have him on the mock, you know, position wise, we have him marked, shooting guard slash point guard, because what we've seen uh, feels like enough to at least give him some of that responsibility. And the Grizzlies have Tyus Jones right now. And so it's, you know, it's not like if he, if obviously injuries happen, but he's not going to, uh, if he gets drafted by the Grizzlies, his initial role is not going to be, you know, maybe third point guard, but you know, I, I don't see that him playing at the point guard position right off the bat would be, you know, something that he just like shoved right into. I think that, you know, with, you know, John Tyus in front of him, that he's going to have plenty of time to develop. Right. Because Tyus is going to make, looks like 7.9 next year and 7.5 the next as he comes off of this MLE deal. Um, you know, at that point, you can decide who you want to be your point guard. But just like you're saying, if you bring him in, he's not going to be asked to do that right away. All right. So let's move on to your third guy, uh, Jalen Harris, 6'5 shooting guard from Nevada. Tell me about him. So Harris is one of these guys who just plays with an edge. Um, you know, we currently have him mocked 30, 36th, and he can really be valuable as a sixth or seventh man, providing some real scoring punch uh, off the bench. Shot 41% from three during Mountain West play last year, ranked 88th percentile as a pick and roll player. And honestly, this guy can get his own bucket as well as anybody out there. So he's almost the inverse of Alexander, where Alexander is a shooting guard trying to play point guard, um, or at least adding point guard to his game. Harris is a point guard by nature and great at distributing, great at getting downhill, finishing at the lane. You know, he just can create for himself in isolation. Awesome. Where he's going to need to improve to get substantial NBA minutes is his catch and shooting and shooting off of movement. He's shown that he can do it. Um, but it's going to have to become a prevalent part of his game and skill set if he's going to be on the floor for a lot of minutes. But again, for scoring punch for a team, uh, he can can definitely be your guy. Yeah, I saw like forty one percent on almost seven attempts from three. That's solid. Uh, you know, I, I think for me, like watching the the video, his ability to facilitate is great. And with a guy like a, a secondary playmaker on the floor, if teams are trapping John and taking the ball out of his hands and he's on the floor. This is a guy that he's going to be able to kind of fill that secondary role and, you know, led the mountain West in scoring last year. So that's, um, I, you know, sixth, seventh man. I think um, I was reading, uh, I can't remember. Was it you that, that wrote the article that was talking about uh, Clarkson and uh, 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, that was actually a piece that I, yeah, I, I really wanted to throw in the Clark Clarkson piece because that is honestly a kind of role that that I see him playing. And he's definitely got the tools to play that role for sure. That like just from what I've seen, um, man. I did defense. You know, I, I told you, I think defense is a thing for me that I think whoever they draft is somebody I feel like they're going to need to be a pretty solid defender. And I think that he, because he was the primary offensive option in college that he's not, you know, he's not working as hard on the defensive end. And again, we were talking about role. That's something that changes as you transition from college to, to the NBA where is he at defensively for you? Do you feel like his defense is, is a question or do you think he's got all the tools that he needs? He just has to apply himself. So he, you know, he's not going to provide a ton of versatility on the defensive side. Didn't register, you know, 0.1 blocks per game, uh, you know, one steal a game really wasn't that much. And a lot of that was, um, you know, in part to like you're saying, he was carrying such an offensive load that you never want to hold a, hold a, low defensive activity from like a high scoring, high usage guard against them. Um, but what he does well is he rebounds incredibly well, you know, crashes the lane, um, collects a lot of boards. He averaged 6.5 boards per game as a combo guard. Um, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. He's willing to battle and willing to scrap. So in the way that I have concern with Ramsey and his awareness of willing to get in there and do what he has to do, Harris is the opposite. You know, he's a little older, um, I, I want to say he's 21 right now and likely will be on draft night, but you know, even though he's a little bit older, you're getting a guy who's going to compete all the time and he's going to, he's going to stunt and he's going to dig, you know, whenever he can. And, and he does what he can to stay in front of ball handlers on pick and rolls. So even though it's not always the prettiest, the effort is there. And I don't think he's ever going to be a negative. We talked about these three guys here, and and I, I again I appreciate you coming on. I, I don't want to do that too much, but I just you know I I know how busy life is, so anytime somebody takes time out of their day to to come on, I just want to let them know how much I do appreciate it. And is there anybody else that you know we, we've got these three guys? We don't have to to dig into anybody else like a fourth guy here because I didn't you know I I told you two or three, but. It's going pretty well. Is there is there another name that you can just throw in the hat that is a possibility? And and I'm not going to ask you any further questions. I just wanted to throw another name in there. You're good, man. So, you know, other guys that have the talent to be drafted ahead of 40, but depending on how things fall, could be there. You know, a guy to watch for is Jay Scrub. And, you know, we really liked him coming out of uh, John Logan Community College. We've got to see him in person, spend time with his him and his agent. I do not think he will be there at 40. There are some teams that really, really like him as a high ceiling guy um, at the back end of the first and early second round. But, you know, there is a world. Things happen. So he's a guy to know for Grizzlies fans to go study. I think another one that may be there is Jordan Nwora from Louisville. Um, Love him. And, yeah. yeah. And, and Najee Marshall from Xavier would be another one. Um kind of that early to mid second type, you know, six, seven small forward, but it's comfortable handling the ball and pick and roll plays with an edge could be a really, really nice guy next to uh, Morant just because he's physical. He's tough. He's hard nosed. Like he's going to put pressure on teams. And I think jaw and those guys would love playing with him. So those are other names that, you know, there are situations where they're not on the board uh, because the talent is there, but if they're there, I believe the Grizzlies should entertain them at 40. All right, man. 
Thanks again. I'm going to give you the the stage one last time, let everybody know where they can find you, and then we'll call it. Yeah. Again, David, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, anybody listening, you know, you can find me at, on Twitter at, at DMurrayNBA, D-M-U-R-R-A-Y-N-B-A. Um, and then from my account, you can always find Matt Babcock and Babcock Hoops accounts as well. You know, we're trying to put out the most draft stuff we can. We'll always stay on the top of it, traveling. Um, I actually have a Miami scouting report piece coming out this week. I was able to go down and see almost um, 10 or 12 prospects. So always got video breakdowns, interviews on our website, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, hop on a, a good amount of calls and um, a good amount of pods and shows. I really love the team-specific ones because you get to think like a front office. You know, you can cover the draft like a whole um, you know, talk about the class as a whole, but you know, like this, it's a lot of fun talking about, you know, what's Memphis going to do. Their front office is very analytics driven. Um, a lot of young guys, a lot of really intelligent guys. And, you know, maybe they view players differently than a traditional front office would. So it will be really interesting to see what they do, but Grizzlies have a great young core, um, great, great team and, and awesome roster to start building around for the future. So y'all should be very excited. And again, thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. Definitely excited. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.